0: Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday morning service held on April 23rd, 2023. You can subscribe using the RSS feed detailed on our website. For news and information, and to find out how to join us, please visit www.stjamesleith.org.uk
1: Good morning everybody. Morning Um, morning to you all at at home. Uh, As you can see our space is very different today because yesterday we celebrated 20 years of Soulmarks which is the trust uh, that uh, Carol set up. Um, had a wonderful uh, day and look forward later on um, to hearing more about Soulmarks in our service Um, because Carol actually Um, is often the inspiration of the changing space uh, in the season. So I think today is um, a celebration of creativity uh, and of the arts. But um, I talk about creativity in in the widest sense, um, that we worship a God who I think one of the main characteristics of of God is uh, creativity and that we all have within us Um, images and things that we need to birth and bring out and and really uh, part of our Christian lives are really being co-creators with God that we are each born uniquely we have unique gifts given to us inside and part of our Christian lives is to make those gifts concrete uh, is to put them out in the world and that takes huge risk and courage I think so as we celebrate creativity today, it's not just about this small group of artists, although they're very important, that are able to paint or write poetry. It's actually um, includes all of us finding out what it is uh, and how we can be creative uh, in our world. So if we can, just uh, start with a moment's silence. With nature in its power and beauty, with rain and wind and sunshine, with the ancient rocks and the budding flower, we gather in praise of God. With believers and seekers the whole worldwide, with people in every land, and speakers of every language, we gather in praise of God. With angels and saints in heaven, and with all who have worshipped in this place, we, we gather, gather in praise, praise of, God. of
2: God.
1: With Jesus who promised his presence, and the Spirit who showers her blessings, we gather in praise, the praise, of God. praise of God. Here let heaven and earth embrace, here we may embrace God's us. people find
2: home. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.
0: chapter 35, verse 35. He has filled them with skill to do every kind of work done by an artisan or by a designer or by an embroiderer in blue, purple and crimson yarns and in fine linen or by a weaver, by any sort of artisan or skilled designer. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. God.
2: Take a seat from the gospel.
3: from the Gospel of John. Glory to Christ, our Savior. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. this is the gospel, good news for all. Praise to you, O Christ.
1: Just uh, to explain to visitors, uh, occasionally, uh, interspersed with reflections on the readings, we have what we, what's called traditionally a small corner where we invite people um, to talk about their lives. And it's really the idea that uh, our Christian lives don't begin and end in church, actually, that Monday is as important as Sunday in many ways and uh, to really give people in the community uh, different ideas of what people are doing uh, out in the world and and, um, so that we can support them and pray for them. So it's my pleasure, Carol, to have uh, you here with us and to celebrate yesterday, as I said, we had the 20th anniversary of Soul Marks, which Carol's going to talk a little bit. more about, and there's lots of uh, pictures and information there. Carol does also have a PhD thesis that so she threatened to read out, <laughs> the, you know, 400 pages long. Um, I tried reading it all before this, <laughs> I got to, yeah, very good, but I'll try do it all. Um, so, really, the first question, Carol, is how, uh, as briefly as possible, um, how you've come to this uh, uh, place of creating soul marks.
4: Okay, thanks. Well, firstly, just an apology to anyone who was here last night in case there will be a bit of repetition. <laughs> um, but I guess there are were, there were different strands. It's on the first board over there of, of the seeds of how soul marks grew through through the 90s. It goes back earlier than that. But I guess um, I came to Edinburgh to study Art College tapestry weaving. So and, um, I had a studio and worked towards exhibitions. There's still some work of mine at the back, so still doing that. So the art is central and creativity to, I guess, something that was growing as part of me, if I'm honest. And then I started teaching um, five classes in five different places at one point. Lee School of Art, uh, Adult Training Centre, um, working with Losh, a particularly lovely one man, and um, Tom for six years, painting alongside him, and weaving community tapestries um, with the Lash, international L'Arche community in Dundee and Quebec, and in France at one point. Um, In 1999, I started um, Art and Prayer, reflective um, Art and Prayer uh, workshops using um, colour and mark-making as a tool for listening deeper with what is planted within us. Um, That started at School of Art in 1999 and grew to different places and has continued to this day. And art and worship, just started to grow, being asked to do things in different places through the late 90s, I guess. Um, But if I'm honest, I guess here is where it started to develop in 2000 when I came, and we started playing and experimenting with the space. And all of that in 2000 led me to a bit of a crossroads um, and a consideration of whether I should become a priest. Uh, And I spent a year exploring that. uh, And after a year, I decided it wasn't the road for me, Very (laughs) well. Yes. Uh, but my DDO, um, the director of Ordnance said to me on that last thing, clearly you've said to me you have a creative ministry within the church. And I sort of laughed and said, Well, where's that job? So I guess I've been making up ever since.
1: Thank you. (laughs) So could you tell us what, what the aims and ethos of Soul Marx is?
4: Yeah, I guess our our strap line sort of thing is that um, we're here to enable and encourage creativity, have to read it, using all the senses, particularly through the visual arts, to express and inspire faith in God. But I guess, um, for me, the arts have been a a different way into exploring my faith and wanting to offer that to other people and finding other people that found that helpful. Um, There's something about finding different ways to encounter God in new ways, in different ways, through the materiality um, of making or just playing with colour, with paint, with texture, with sticks, Um, here we go, with rags, with pieces of paper that we can make into butterflies. All of that goes deeper, and a lot of the um, I guess, art there's, there's a potential for the art to bypass the cognitive thinking, which is not bad at all, um, but uh, to, to reach deeper inside us. And I've, I've experienced that. It, that's part of it for me and others I know over those years. And that's why I keep doing it, um, I guess. And it's about using all the senses and offering those. We, we in the church, um, not so much here, but in the wider church, um, we, we've been, for years, working on one sense of word, and there's nothing wrong with word, it has power in so many ways. Um, but we've given five senses uh, uh, as gifts from God to experience um, the materiality of his world, and the beauty of his world. And um, it just has a sort of much, much wider reach and a way of encountering God in different ways yeah. through that materiality. So, yeah.
1: Thank you. Just to add to that, um, my MA dissertation, nothing nothing (laughs) as big as uh, Carol's, uh, was looking at uh, transformative worship. What what made worship or liturgy or ritual transformative in terms of transforming uh, people, uh, people coming and being changed? And I interviewed and went round um, hundreds and hundreds of people and got examples of transformative worship uh, times when they had been actually changed and one of the things that came out was uh, the worship was pretty much always multi-sensory it wasn't just um, hearing the word it was multi-sensory and I think maybe kind of we've lost a lot of the visual uh, as well um, so looking at this space because it's not it's quite a difficult space in many ways, um, you could say, to make, make it into a worshiping space. How important is it, uh, the use of space in terms of worship and liturgy?
4: I guess, well, um, there's a lovely quote I use <coughs> in my thesis and have done in different workshops um, from Janet Walton, who was the former head of, um, professor of worship um, in um, New York and the seminary there, and she says, the arrangement of the room is the beginning of the liturgy. Uh, And another friend uh, who's a minister and an artist says, in his experience, it's the first thing people see and notice. And it's obvious space, to me, speaks. When we walk into a room, whether it's a cafe, a pub, or whatever, we, we get a vibe as to know whether we feel comfortable or not, and sometimes we walk straight out. Um, and sometimes we seem to forget that in churches and we forget to think about um, that the space is part of the liturgy. It's a liturgical space. And so how we arrange the space, how we're sitting now says something about community. Um, although we're standing at the front when you're listening, but where it's, it's in rows, there's something about we're ready to hear a lecture and we're being, we're being given to. As you're sitting in a circle, uh, and sometimes if there's things on the chairs, there's something about we're part of this. Um, so the whole sense of even how we're sitting, and then the colours, the shapes, what we choose to do in it, and I, I think here we have that we have that possibility because of the plainness of the space. So um, there's difficulties in sharing our space at the moment, which we sometimes the difficulties, give us a different way of being creative. Um, but I think something of the plainness of the space does that. Uh, And when I'm showing slides and workshops of particularly this space, people go, oh, but we've got this traditional building. But then I say, well, how about you use your pillars in a different way? You know, people just think you can stick things on the wall, but there's a whole lot of space in between the walls that we forget about, um, that we really need to sort of engage with as a whole sort of sense of liturgical space and how we use that and what, what it says to us, how it speaks to us and how we feel about that. That's quite good. In, in several workshops over the years I've done, I've got people sitting in the space uh, at different places, uh, often in traditional spaces, and sometimes up here or on, um, on a sanctuary. There was a great one in, I think, Motherwell, and um, this young teenager came to it, and it was great. And she stood, and it was a very tri- um, typical Church of Scotland horseshoe shape. And she stood on, on the sort of staging sanctuary bit. And uh, near the pulpit, or oh, she was still, and she said, It feels very powerful up here. I'm not sure that's a good thing. <laughs> um, but just getting people to experience and look at their space in different perspectives.
1: Yeah, thank you. So I've worked with you when we were transforming this space, and one of the things I've noticed is that the process is as, if not more important, than the actual end result. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah,
4: yeah. And I wonder if it's possible to show some of the slides in the middle because it's really about why we do it. And so we can just... sorry, So I guess I often, if people ask me about this in workshops, I show these slides or a mix of them and I say, this is why we do it, look at the faces of those people. of of the children working together, of the adults and the children working together. And a lot of the people that I work with wouldn't say they're creative, a lot of people come to the workshop and they say, well I've come to this but I'm not artistic. And it's not about that. I guess my role, I see my role as um, using my gifts to enable other people to be creative and it's great when there are people who come to that with more gifts or other gifts. Sometimes you need someone with a drill as well, which is handy because I'm not great with that. Um,
1: <laughs> no, we don't like to <laughs> so, lose
4: um, But it's about us working together. It is about the participation of the people. And I think um, the process, of course we want to sit in a space that we feel proud of, um, that we feel good about. Um, and I guess, again, that's part of my role, I see, as to enabling us to do the best we can. But it's not about sitting in a perfect space, it's about sitting in a space that we've all helped to create. And actually, Danielle, um, last Sunday, was no, two Sundays or, or, or whenever it was, before Easter, Easter Holy <laughs> Saturday, um, came for the first time ever to help. And then she, we were just stenciling, as you saw them last week, the, the petals on on the wall. And she said, oh, it'd be great, I can sit, and I've helped create this yesterday. And that's what it's about. It's about that wider sense, and that the fact that um, in this sort of liturgical sense, where we're engaging with the worship on a very a sort of um, practical level, uh, on, on a very sort of, um, what's the word, um, visceral level, really, with the materiality, let's say with the paint, with the clay, Uh, And we're already engaging with the gospel story of what we're doing, subliminally maybe, but it's all part of it. it, I see it as part of the worship, it's not a before and after, it's a part of it. And to be part of that, um, yeah, it says a lot more. I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, I guess
1: this uh, (coughs) symbol really is more about process and and result, Mm -hmm. because they're all sticks, aren't they, that people round the cloth round prayers. Uh, and that organically happened over a period of time. So I think that's a, a lovely example. And the same with the, the butterflies. The yeah. butterflies is, it's about yeah. the community being involved yeah. as much, even though the end yeah. result is very yeah. beautiful, but it's much about the process. And it's
4: the simplicity of that as well, and the fact that it's, it's just a stick and it's just a rag. But we all did one bit, and then we put it there. And in there it was. And the altar cloth as well. And the altar cloth,
1: yeah. (laughs) That's lovely, thank you. So just finally, uh, in terms of St James, what would be your vision or your ideal for St James in terms of bringing art and spirituality and worship together? I mean, this is a tough question. I know, that
4: feels a tricky one to sit here and say this is my vision, I haven't got one hugely for it. Um, But I guess I've been involved I came here in 2000 initially, just before, and along with Steve Butler and others, started literally playing with the space. Um, there are pictures of what it was like before, and the congregation were open enough to allow us to play and to risk, um, which is a huge thing, because I've worked in many churches and things like this have had to stop because the congregation hadn't been open. Uh, and that's a little bit of why I pushed on my PhD, I guess, or wanted to explore that. Um, So there's an amazing openness here, which is great, Uh, and the congregation's changed over the years. There's new people here who don't know what we started in that, um, but that's great. Um, So it's literally playing with the space and seeing that and developing some of the things that I said, and and then when I went off to study. I went away, and I've been sitting on the edge, I guess, for quite a long time, and so just started again. But I think the two words when, when you asked me, when I read that question, were cohesion and collaboration. Um, because I think it's never about one person. It's not about Ian. It's not Ian's important. <laughs> but it's about all of us and all the gifts that we have, all the creativity. And there's a mass of gifts here. It's not just about being an artist or being a musician and we, we have a richness of gifts, but we've all got gifts here. And it's about how we bring those together. Uh, and about that sense of the wholeness, about the space, about the music, about the words that we use, about the movement we use, how it all works together. That is the liturgy. It's the structure of the liturgy. It's all of these things that come together. And it's the cohesion of that. And I guess I'd like to see what, I think we're, we're, we've got lots of little groups doing wonderful things and how we maybe come together a bit more to to develop that together because there's such a richness there and to enable everyone to encounter um, God in different ways so it's about collaboration and and participation isn't it yeah a a move from
1: participation from attendance to participation so that everyone yeah so we're all engaged in
4: our own way and an ownership of the whole service because this is our church
1: lovely thank you Shall we end? Anything else you want to add to what we're saying before we end with a prayer?
4: No, I guess, apart from the fact that, yeah, I said that and um, much has been developed here at St. James's and um, uh, it feels like a home and I'm just very grateful because you have been a space that has allowed risk and openness. And I share a lot of the images and a lot of the slides and a lot of the huge amount that I've learnt here from lots of you um, and working alongside different people and being able to, I think, fail sometimes and we've sat here going, yeah, it's not quite the best one here, but that's what it's about because if, you, if you're just here for a few weeks, it's all right, that enables the risk because um, sometimes it works better than others, but it's not about that perfect thing. But I guess for me, um, it's just been a place. Um, that has given a lot to me, so I want to thank all of you. And I do share it around the world, and it's inspiring people in America and Sweden, Um, uh, has done for a long time and continues to be, so thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you. I think Carol's unique gift, when we're planning changing the space, is planning it in such a way that people can get involved, so it's it's not requiring people with that incredible artistic talent to make this incredible finished product, but it's actually making it simple enough that anyone, um, whatever age, can actually be involved uh, in creating it. And that's where I think you, you really honour that process is more important than the end result, um, which is fantastic. So thank you. So can we just uh, pray for Carol and pray for Soulmarks as well. Loving God, we thank you for Carol. We thank you for her gifts that bless us so much. And we pray that she would continue to be supported, that she would continue to be inspired and be inspiring to others. And that we as a community would honour and celebrate the arts, and that we would continue to explore and take risks in terms of making our worship honouring to you, O God, but also transformative for us. Amen. Thank you. I'm now going to invite Richard to lead us in our our prayers now.
5: So thinking about creativity, I was um, reminded of a (laughs) scripture that says, I want everyone everywhere to lift holy hands towards heaven and pray without being angry or arguing with each other. So just for fun, uh, if you want to join in, I thought when we do our little response, um, when I say we lift our hands, you might actually want to lift your hands. I mean, depending on your tradition, um, you could do praying hands, uh, you could fold your hands like Frank, or you could do the one-handed uh, charismatic or the two-handed charismatic raising. You don't have to keep them up, but just just as, a, as we're talking about the space and about hands, you know, the physicality of uh, our existence, rather than just the words. So let's just try it and let's see. (laughs) You can close your eyes, you don't have to. (laughs) Don't be embarrassed. So I'm gonna say we lift our hands and you say we lift them up to God. We lift our hands, we lift them up to God. And as we're doing that, we're lifting up the people that we're we're going to be mentioning. It's just a really a random going through, giving thanks for all sorts of people. So if people come to your mind, um, do lift them up. in prayer, we give thanks for these miraculous devices that we all have with fingernails that renew themselves, hands that have suffered so many wounds and cuts and yet have healed and remained whole. Perhaps a bit scarred, perhaps a bit arthritic, but our hands have served us well, preserved our lives. We give thanks for our hands, and we lift our hands. We lift them up to God. We give thanks for the hands of the healers, the doctors and nurses, the carers, the cleaners, the hand holders, cup of tea makers, the cooks and bakers and washer-uppers, the bin collectors. We lift our hands We lift them up to God and we give thanks for the creators, for the musicians, the potters, the painters, the sculptors, the weavers, the writers, designers, the menders, the builders, the mechanics, the engineers, the writers, the poets, the playwrights, the actors, the entertainers, the signers, the mime artists. And particularly at this time, we give thanks for the wonderful theater maker, Paul Burbridge, known to many of us, having a huge influence on many of our lives. And we pray for him and for his family and all who knew and loved him We lift our hands, we lift them up to God. And for all who work behind the scenes, the farmers, the laborers, the sowers and reapers, the drivers, the bean counters, the IT helpers, the sound and light people. And for all mothers and fathers raising children, we give thanks for the prayers for the intercessors, the teachers, the guides, the lawyers, the warriors who fight for justice, for those who ward off ignorance, and the shepherds and the lifters of heavy burdens, the counselors, the politicians, the protesters, the agitators, the banner makers and waivers, We lift up our hands, we lift them to God. And we lift up those hands that are tired and aching, hands that have grown weak from illness or despair, hands that grieve, hands that have held, and hands that have had to let go. We pray for all these, we give thanks for them, we lift up our hands, we lift them up to God and we lift up the children forced to work in mines the soldiers forced to fight by men whose hands are quick to shed other people's blood and all whose hands have turned to violence for whatever reason and with our hands with our praying hands we wrestle in prayer against these principalities and powers and the spiritual forces of greed and fear. And we lift up the peacemakers and we join our hands with them and with one another. And we join hands with the wounded hands of Christ. We lift up our hands.
1: And just to say to all visitors, all are welcome to receive communion. Praise and thanksgiving be to you, God of all, for by the cross eternal life is ours and death is swallowed up in victory. In the first light of Easter, glory broke from the tomb and changed the women's sorrow into joy. And From the garden the mystery dawned that he whom they had loved and lost is with us now in every place. Forever, Making himself known in the breaking of the bread, speaking peace to the fearful disciples, welcoming weary fishermen on the shore, he renewed the promise of his presence and of new birth in the Spirit. And at supper with his disciples, he took the bread and offered you thanks. He broke the bread, gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. It is broken for you. And after supper he took the cup, he offered you thanks, gave it to them saying, drink this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant. It is poured out for you and for all that sins may be forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me. living bread is broken for the life of the world. Holy things for holy people, broken things for broken people. to your table and being fed and that you give us so many gifts we ask that you would help each one of us to own our gifts and to birth those gifts that are inside of us to bring it in to the community we may take the risk to participate and fully be part of your body. Amen.